Hey, you're listening to a sermon from Ketchikan Church of the Nazarene. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about our church, you can visit ktnnaz.org, visit us on Facebook, just search Ketchikan Naz, or you can download our free app from the iPhone store or the Google Play store, just search Ketchikan Naz. Thanks for visiting. Hope the Word of God speaks to you today. Sorry about that. Yep, it is me. The reason I don't need a dot of a mic is usually they tell me I'm older than dirt. So, <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay. Now I got to turn it on, right? Yep. You know, this is, <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> Old people take a little bit longer. You got to be patient with us. Yep. Not one on that. We on? Now, now live? Officially. Okay. Well, it's awesome to be here today. I have more fun getting an opportunity to share the Word of God with you, and it's one, a wonderful privilege. And uh, to be able to come over and spend my time over here is, is also a privilege. Uh, one of the great gifts that God gives us is the, is the body of Christ, and I'm going to tell you how much I so value this congregation and what it means to me as well as my kids. Um, I'm hoping my daughter's going to get back here one of these days. This is the last time they're coming back to regional basketball, and I am praying she doesn't do another sport. <laughs> uh, I surely miss having her with us when we're here in church. How would you like your life? Worst moments to be put on display for all eternity. Okay, <laughs> so I got <you> scared. <laughs> In the church, we're wonderful at one thing. We're wonderful of taking our successes and putting them up in front of everybody and letting everybody know about it. Jesus, when he said, uh, I'm the light of the world, he says, put that out in front of everybody. I'm not going there with that scripture, and I know which one you think I'm going to, but I'm not. I'm going to the ones that talk about failure. And the reason for it is our failures is our pathway to our success. You see, if you were going to have something written and they marked out your failures and then it was set up there for everybody to see continuously, it, it, that's devastating, wouldn't it? But who is, if you look at the scriptures and you look at somebody who failed more than anybody else who is Matter of fact, you can go from Genesis to the uh, uh, and Revelations, and it's a whole bunch of them. The biggest failure that I've ever seen is the man that broke down. And it's in that breaking it becomes our success. Now, if you turn real quick in your scriptures to uh, 1 Peter, chapter 5. 
1 Peter chapter 5, in verse 5, halfway through that, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. You see, who do you think wrote that? Well, Peter. Yes. And even the title of the, of the book, the letter tells you that. Peter, of all people, was probably the most arrogant of the disciples. I mean, he was not, 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 not Pastor Peter of our church, okay? All right. <laughs> but Peter exalted everything. He was there with God. He was, he was going to do whatever God did. He would say he'd never deny God. He'd do all those things. But we know more than anything else. What happened? In his life, he turned it, and God finally was confronted with it. Three times he denied Christ. Finally, at that last denial of Christ, Jesus looked at him in the eyes, and it cut him to the heart, and he broke. And it actually says he wept. But this is not just a weeping. This is... This is not just a crime. This is a deep, deep, deep cry. He says he began to weep, it says in March to the end of chapter 14. In other words, he finally came to a point in his life to where he couldn't do anything else all of his life. He couldn't do anything to a point where all of a sudden life. if we put all their failures up in front. We don't do that, do we? What do we put up? We put success up so everybody sees it. But if you take a look at the great people of the scriptures and the great people of our faith, we find out there's failures all the way along the line. One of the great founders. Who do we look to in the Nazarene Church? John Wesley is probably one of the most pinnacle of people that spearheaded the great revival that swept across the Methodist movement, which gave birth to even the Nazarene Church today. It was a lot of what he had done. You know what I was first, when the Lord called me to the ministry, I first went out, and you know what I did? I bought the complete works of John Wesley. If you could have an idol in life, John Wesley would get up on his horse, he would travel, he'd preach three times a day, and he was nonstop. He was a man of prayer, he was a man of great uh, intellect. Matter of fact, I looked at him and he says, he, his standard was so high that you would look to him as, he's the pinnacle of all things. But you know, there's one problem that he did. He wrote so many letters throughout his entire life to where not only his sermons are preserved, but all his correspondence that he has is there as well. You know, and I used to spend my time pouring through his letters. And then I started to notice, you know, that, that one time in his life in, in, in 
England where all of a sudden his heart was overwhelmed and he broke and he realized that he was even saved. The movement of God spread into him. The Holy Spirit poured into him. And he, he went out and he preached the gospel and he was nonstop from then on. For the rest of his life, he was always nonstop. And then all of a sudden I started to run into other parts of his life. Like the great crusade he had up in Scotland. Except it wasn't all that great. He came back. It was a miserable failure. Matter of fact, he was so depressed that he wrote his brother Charles, I, I wonder if I'm even saved. What? After all you went through? How can... You see, he was a human being. Can break us, and how we can come to a point where we even question what we're even saying. You start to go through his letters, and you start to notice time and time again where sometimes he struggled. Matter of fact, in his theology, sometimes we even have a tendency to declare one thing or another, but really he wrestled in his theology and his thoughts and what God did and how God is supposed to act. And we act as if Everything that he has done was total success. But it wasn't. I was one of the, I, how many of you guys are baseball, basketball fans? Probably here in Alaska. You all got to be basketball fans, right? <laughs> but you know, one of the one of the greatest ball players that we know of all time is what? Michael Jordan, right? You know what Derek Michael Jordan said? He says, I have shot over 9,000 games shots. I have also lost over 300 games. 26 times they gave me the winning shot. And I missed it and lost. Matter of fact, he says, I have failed and failed and failed and failed. And he says, that's why I'm successful. You know the stories of Edison, you've probably heard a thousand times. How many times did he try the light bulb? 10,000. Over 10,000 times he failed. And each time he says, well, I learned one, way, one other way that doesn't work. Okay, how many of you are Harry Potter fans? <laughs> Is it J.K. Rollins, right, the author? You know about her life, don't you? Before she was a great author... She went through a dismal failure in her marriage, in a divorce. She was pretty much next to penniless, with not much. And she says, you know what? When all of the, my worst fears were realized, and I was bankrupt, he says, then I started to realize I had no more fears, because I was at the bottom. He says, I had one, I had a few things going for me. I had a daughter I adored. I had an old typewriter. And I had an idea. Five years later, she was a multi-millionaire
different things. We give, they give awards, right? Why do we give them awards? Yeah, right? <laughs> really, we accomplish something, right? Oh, well, okay. You can participate. Well, each time we give those things are what? To build so you can look back and say, we could go to the household and probably every half nowadays, nowadays, say years ago we didn't know give all those trophies. Nowadays you see trophies up there, you see ribbons up there, and that reminds you of your success. You know, God did that to us in, in Israel. When the Israelites, each time they did something, God says, build a monument. And when they crossed the Jordan River, he says, now each one of these tribes, you lay a stone on it. We're going to build a monument to remember what God has done. We're going to remind you of the victories every step of the way. Because when we remind you of those victories, you have something to look back on when you've experienced your failures. One of the great gifts is failure. Now that might seem a little bit harsh. John Wesley not only had doubted his faith, but did you know he had his invisible failure in his marriage? Now we don't do that, do we, in the Nazarene church? We're not supposed to talk about a failure. Well, I've had a failure in my marriage too, okay? So we have that. What, what happened to John Wesley? Did you realize John Wesley and his wife had were separated? Back then, they didn't have divorce. They wouldn't have that was the reality. When she finally died, he didn't know about it until six months later. How can a man that has spearheaded such a great thing have so much value? One of the greatest movements in recent years came of a Nazarene minister who was heading up a congregation in Portland, Oregon. In the middle of Portland, Oregon, all of a sudden, uh, in his middle of ministries, his wife took off from one of the elders of the church. Now, back then, a few years now, they never really questioned. He never never was approached, never really told them about that, but he just assumed that he, his ministry was over with the Nazarene church. So he resigned himself, and he went off and started a little drive-in theater church. horrible failures in his life that drive the church became one of the strongest small group ministries in church growth movement in America. Because it was in his brokenness that he turned around and stopped, did not stop because of his failures. But he kept on. Because there's one scripture verse that we have to remember always. In the book of Philippians, in the third chapter, is a verse that God has given us a promise. First Philippians chapter 1, and you know this verse well. Verse number 3.
who began a good work in you will what? Now, here's what God gave you. You see, our success is not based upon that. Because God gave you one little gift. You know what that gift is? Let me show you. Okay? What do you got here? I got one right here. I don't know if you can see this. I bet you you can. I can barely even see it myself. There it is. There it is, right here. Huh? Hey, you don't see it yet? Hey, a sec, does anybody see this? Buddy? Yeah. It's a little seed. What, what kind of seed do you think that is? So God gave you a gift, and that's a gift. That's not something you had yourself. And that's a gift of faith. He says, if you've got a gift that small as a mustard seed, that's not yours. That's God's gift to you. If you have faith as a mustard seed, what happens to it? It grows, doesn't it? And not only does it grow, it gets to be the giant. You see, God began a good work in you. He began it with a seed of faith that he placed in you. And when he placed that faith in you, he knows he's going to carry it on completion. You know, I, I, I have a real tough time with how Jesus does things sometimes. It doesn't square with my way of thinking. And the reason for it is the fact is, I normally look around for success in order to develop success. Isn't that what we do it in America? We find somebody successful, and when we find somebody successful, that's what we march behind, right? That's somebody very successful. If they're successful, then they're going to be a good leader. Well, yeah, that's not the way Jesus does it, does it? In the book of Mark, turn real quick with me. This is one of my favorite little ending pieces that I've ever ran into. In the book of Mark, in the 16th chapter, you turn to Mark 16 and while you do I'm going to read a little passage out of uh, Luke Luke says in his chapter don't get upset and don't let all the doubting questions overcome you or overtake you is another translation it's saying doubts and questions are going to come in your lives and questioning things is a very healthy thing normally but don't we look for confidence? Look what Jesus did. After Jesus' death and resurrection, chapter uh, 16, verse number nine, verse 9. After the resurrection, now after he had risen early on the first day of the week, he first appeared to Mary Magdalene, whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and reported these things to those who had been with him. While they were mourning and weeping, they, they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her. They refused to believe it. Okay. Now the next verse says, After that, he appeared in a different form to two of them that were walking along their way on the, on the way to the country. And they went and they reported to others, 
but they didn't believe them either. Okay? Now, I don't know about you, but these are not the type of people that I would trust what I've spent my entire life to. They questioned. They doubted. The very next verse, it actually even says, after he appeared to the, uh, the eleven themselves, they were reclining at the table. And he approached them for their unbelief and their hardness of heart. Because they had not believed those who had, who had seen him after he had been risen. And the very next word, after they repeatedly did not believe, Jesus turns around and he says, Now go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Wait a minute, Jesus. Don't make sense to me. I meant you spent your life, you died on the cross, you poured yourself out. And then you're walking away and you're taking the ladder of your work and handing it to people who just said they didn't believe. Why? Because he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion in Christ Jesus. Because he He's also convinced that that seed that he planted in you, the promise of God, is going to find completion. You know what we do in life? I can't do it. I have too much doubt. I can't do that. I'm not good enough. God made you. God made these guys who didn't believe. Guess who? They're headed to church. Peter, the one that failed miserably in the scriptures, why did he fail? He was a human being with you and me. He was caught off balance and he failed. Guess what, folks? I failed. And I know you failed. Because you're human. But God said this. That little seed of faith that I placed on you, I'm going to carry it have to worry that you'd be 
we don't put it up on front, but you know what? Maybe we should. Maybe when we do doubt, we need to make sure we raise that up and say, I'm struggling with this. It's not that I, I, I question the fact that what God's doing is that I have faith in his promise. And he who began a good work in you carry on the nation. Would you bow your heads with me? we stand, I want us to bow our heads right now. Let's, I, I, I'm a, I'd like to stand when we sing music and we'll notice that I have some time to sing. But I want us to bow our heads right now as we sing these words and just remember one thing. That God has been got that in mind. You wouldn't be here today, folks. You wouldn't have been brought in today if there was not a seed that God has already planted in your heart and mind. And He is going to carry its completion. But I know right now we might be struggling that way. Father, today, Lord Jesus, you have given us a great gift of your Spirit. For Father, when you did leave, you left your Holy Spirit to be with us forever. For that seed that you planted in us, Lord, I know that by your promises you've carried out. Father, today, Lord, I ask God that you would reach into our hearts.